What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight, unfortunately, but Ray, we got a nice two-man ep for week nine of the NFL season. How we doing, bud? I love it. We're missing Dean. Let's throw an extra game in, too, make him miss it a little bit more. Love that. Fuck that guy. Really good week. Uh, Week nine, great slate. Got five games on tap for the people. Before we get to that, let's talk about some rooks who had really good weeks. Ray, I'm going to let you start this off because you can, you can pound your chest a little bit on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to talk about someone who was a, a, a borderline my guy in the process, uh, Will Levis. I think he's my QB3, a top 15 player for me if I had to guess. I could go back and check it a little bit, but he got his debut against Atlanta and he made it count. Uh, 18 of 28, passing 234 yards and four touchdowns. I think, I, I don't quote me on this because I haven't, like double check, but I think three of those touchdown passes were 20 plus yards in the air too. Yep. And it just gave a whole new dimension to this offense. He was just absolutely letting it fucking fly with that cannon of an arm. Him and DeAndre Hopkins, I think connected for three touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So just an absolute monster game. I don't see how they could in good conscience go back to Tannehill, even when he is healthy. This team's not really going anywhere. I think each guy will love us get the reps uh, and see where it goes. But Titans fans have to be impressed because he he balled out. Yeah, and you mentioned this offense looking completely different. When was the last time you saw as many deep shots from the Titans? Yeah. But it opened it opened up so much for Derrick Henry, who had been seeing a million stack boxes. I so I think it's going to be great for their offense, even if he's not connecting as much as he did. Taking deep shots yeah. down the field, it's going to open it up for them. It's not going to look that good all year. Let's be real, but like you said. I think just the fact that he's willing to throw it and also you have a DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, it, you can't stack the boxes the same way that you've been. It's not possible. Right. Uh, guy I want to mention is Zach Charbonnet, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He's been in a backup role all season behind Kenneth Walker. I think a lot of people questioned the pick when they made it. Um, but he's been really good this year. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. And last week against the Cleveland Browns, he outsnapped Kenneth Walker. He only had five carries, but he had 53 yards. He also had two catches. He's just been really reliable, and Kenneth Walker has been awesome this season. He's been known to get banged up. He's been a little bit banged up this season. Um, We would see Charbonnet step into that lead back role. I would love to see what he looked like in that lead back starting role. Um, And I think week by week, this is just going to become closer to a 50-50 time split because both those guys are really dynamic players. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about it more later when we get to the Seahawks game, but this if the pick kind of makes a little bit more sense just because this Seahawks team wants to be a run-first team. That's just how their offense is designed to be. So I think having both two guys who are starters in their own right is really just going to open up so many more doors for this offense. Right. All right, let's move to the game previews. First game preview we got is the Dolphins and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a two-point favorite right now, Ray. This t- this game is going to be in Germany, in Deutschland, the motherland. Um, Yikes. <laughs> uh, you got the Chiefs here. What do you think they need to do to get a big win over Miami? So last week was abysmal for them uh, at, at Denver. I think they said Mahomes was dealing with flu-like symptoms, and it kind of showed – uh, they only put up nine points the first time all year. They held a single digit even against uh, the best defense in the league in the Jets. So, I mean, for for Kansas City, someone really needs to emerge as a, an alpha on this wide receiver core outside of obviously Travis Kelsey. Rasheed Rice has been getting targets and has been producing a little bit, but 
I think they just need they need to be relieved a little bit more with Kelsey because when he doesn't when he can't dominate a game, they kind of they just this offense leaves a little bit to be desired. So I want to see Rasheed Rice, Nicole Harbin even get a little bit more playing time, Sky Moore. People get these guys with the ball in their hands. I think that's kind of how this offense wants to operate. They kind of want to dink and dunk and have their athletes try to athlete as opposed to a dominant wide receiver like when in his route tree and stems and whatnot. Uh, and on defense, this defense has been solid pretty much all year. They're only allowing 195 passing yards a game, so that's a good matchup to see how they're they're going to fare with this dynamic Dolphin passing attack. I do think the game being in Germany is going to help them a little bit, just because I do think the offenses tend to, to drag a little bit when they go to these Europe games. So I'm curious to see how long it takes the Dolphins' offense to get going. Uh, they're going to obviously need to play too high, like we said, get home with four, like we always say against the Dolphins. That's kind of Think about it. It's kind of funny because that was always the path to victory against the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I think if any team knows how to stop an offense like this, it may be the Chiefs. So uh, the two-point game, two-point spread rather, in Germany, I'm going to lay off of it. I, I almost took the over until I realized the start time. And I was like, you know what? Can't do it. I'll, I'm just <laughs> curious to see how Mahomes bounces back. As a betting man, I can't bet on them. their offense looking like that two weeks in a row. So I tend to lean Chiefs minus two, but – it's going to be a crapshoot. It's going to be a good game and a good way to start our Sunday. Yeah, it should be a really nice way to wake up Sunday morning. For the Dolphins, I mean, this offense is just so dynamic. I, It's hard to see any defense slowing them down because all Tyreek or Waddle need is just to break one, and then their offense just looks completely different. I think for them, offensively, they need to get the run game going a little bit more. It sets up all those play-action boots that they have. Um, Once you get Tua going on the move, when they have their run game set up, they are really hard to stop. So um, looking for Raheem Mostert to have a big game. And then uh, their offensive line. They've been really good all season. Got to protect. Got to keep Chris Jones out of the backfield. Um, When Tua's clean, he's looked as good as anybody. So I like their offense to stay pace with the Chiefs. I think this is really going to come down to their defense and how they scheme up Mahomes. Um, I actually think this starts with stopping the run for them. I feel like the Chiefs in the past few weeks, um, when you've really started to see their offense get going, it's been with Pacheco on the ground on first down, on second down. And uh, Denver was really able to hold him down last week. I think if Miami can do that and make them a little bit one one-dimensional where they're just looking for Travis Kelsey. Cause like you said, none of these wide receivers have really stepped up. Um, I think that's the way that they're going to beat them. If you could stop the run on early downs, um, they got Jalen Ramsey back last week, had a pick in his first game. What are you going to do about that? Um, so I also would probably lean the chiefs just in a bounce back game. I don't think they'll look that shitty two weeks in a row. Maybe it was a little bit of a look ahead game for uh, for Andy Reid and the coaching staff. They had recently played Denver, um, and now you're going to Germany to get the game plan set. So I'm going to lean Chiefs here. I'm not picking this game, but um, I do like Miami's offense to stay pace. It's all going to come down to this defense. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting game. Just with the Dolphins, they just haven't played anyone all year. Like their uh, strength of victories, I know it's like, I think it's like in the thirty percent. So I'm just curious to see how once they start playing these more uh, playoff caliber teams, how they're going to look because this offense is dynamic. They are fast as hell, but 
I, I'm just curious to see if they get exposed a little bit as the season goes on. All right. All right, let's move to the second game. we got the Seattle Seahawks going to Baltimore. The Ravens are a five-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about the Seattle team and what they need to do to get a big win. So it's funny. Um, before, we, before we were recording, I was saying that if we wanted to cut the four games, we can cut this one. And for, for me, typically, I, I think I like to talk about the conference games a little bit more than like the interconference games. But this matchup is very intriguing when I look at it more. Uh, these teams are very similarly built, too. As I mentioned earlier, the Seahawks really want to run the ball. I think that's their identity they want to establish. Uh, they want the ball in Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet's hands as much as possible. And I think that will build off the play-action shots to some of these wide receivers in DK, uh, Lockett, JSN. They, there's a lot of talent on this offense. Uh, but this this uh, Ravens defense is fucking stingy, man. Uh, they've only allowed 121 points on the season, rushing yards less than 100, and only 210 passing yards a game. So I'm curious to see. I think it's going to be a balanced attack. They can't be panicked when it doesn't work in the first quarter or two. You know, just stick with it, stick with the running game, and make sure it all works out. And then on defense, uh, you just got to make sure you keep contained with Lamar. You got to be disciplined on in your rush lanes in particular. I'm curious to see if Leonard Williams, I'm assuming he's going to play, uh, but I think that's going to add a little dimension just in this run defense in, in general, just because they've already been strong. I think they're allowing 97 yards rushing a game, but the addition of him, you had Draymond Jones inside, and then you had Boye Mafe off the edge, who's had five sacks in a row, or a sack in five games in a row, rather. Uh, this defensive front's really forming its own, and then you got Witherspoon and Tariq Willen on the outside. This defense is going to be dangerous, especially when it comes to playoff time. So I think in this game in particular, it really comes down to containing Lamar, and just you can't let him beat you with his legs. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, really hard-nosed game, and whichever quarterback makes the more more mistakes, is going the other team's going to win. Yeah, Lamar's definitely got to limit the mistakes, but I also think for this offense, um, they need to push the ball down the field a little bit more. I think when Todd Munkin was coming in, thought that was going to be an area that they were going to improve in, and obviously it's still a work in progress. It's only been eight weeks, um, but they got to get somebody going down the field, whether it's Zay, whether it's Mark Andrews. Somebody's got to make a big play down the field for Lamar because – Against these really good elite teams, you can't just run on them with Gus Edwards. Like, it's not going to work like that. Um, And especially come playoff time, you can scheme up against Lamar. Uh, I think they need to get this passing offense going, especially with those deep shots. So I'm looking for them to take a little bit more chances this week. Um, And then defensively, you mentioned that this Ravens team has been stout defensively. I think for them... Stopping the run is going to be the most important part of this game. Um, making Geno throw behind the sticks uh, on on third down is going to be really important. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith in the middle of that defense have been outstanding all year. I expect them to do the same again this week. And then with Marlon Humphrey back, you got to win one-on-one matchups against DK. And uh, Brand Stevens, who's their other corner, has been awesome this year. Also, shout out Arthur Mollett, former Jet who's been really good in in their slot role too. Um, they got to win one-on-ones against these wide receivers. They do have a lot that they'll throw at you for Seattle. So um, if they can win those one-on-one matchups, I like the Ravens to win this game. Uh, I do think it's going to be a, a tough fought game, like you said. Arthur Bollett being like a, a pretty impact player on a, a playoff caliber defense is so wild to me. <laughs> Dude, right? The Jets just breed D-backs. 
That's what we do. It's I guess. Dude, how long ago was you on the team though? It's like what, at least five years ago now? Yeah, three, three or four, maybe. Shout out Craig shout out Craig James, by the way. We just breed him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move to the third game. Got an NFC East matchup with the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles at home are a three point favorite. Right. Talk to me about this Eagles team and how they keep it rolling. Yeah, this is like a fun matchup just because I, 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 similar to um, the Ravens and Seahawks, I feel like these teams are kind of built similarly as well, and it's just in the trenches. I think whichever trench on both sides of the ball plays better is going to win this game. Uh, for the Eagles on offense, they really do have to keep Hurts upright because this Dallas defensive front, they rotate a lot of people. Yeah, Micah Parsons, uh, Sam Williams, Demarcus Lawrence, they're just – they're are dangerous then they are aggressive on their front so keep Jalen Hurts upright I think maybe even rotating some running backs a little bit more too I mean Swift's been slowing down a little bit so maybe give spell him a little bit give a little more gain well I don't know if Boston Scott's still healthy but maybe mix get him into the mix as well but you gotta keep the pressure off Jalen Hurts and let this passing attack go to work uh we all know what AJ Brown's been doing the last five or six games so but I want to see Devontae Smith continued uh, to perform because last week was his first week in like a month, at least a month and a half where he's actually put up some good numbers. He had seven catches uh, and 99 yards. So I want to see him build off that. Just take pressure off AJ Brown because teams are going to start queuing on him big time. And then on defense, like I said, this defensive front is insane. Uh, Jalen Carter, if he's healthy and ready to go, I think he's questionable, but he's going to be have a massive impact uh, and just by rushing Dak up the uh, up the middle because Dak he doesn't really deal with pressure too well as well, especially as well as Jalen. So I think getting in his face and forcing a turnover or two is going to be a big for this team to have to win. Yeah, completely agree. They have to keep Dak upright because, like you said, it just doesn't handle pressure that well. You've seen it over the last few years. He's really slowed down. He arguably had his best game. I don't know, maybe in. Five years last week against the Rams looked really good last week was getting all sorts of CD lamb wide open last week. So love to see that they need more of that. I really do think they need to involve Tony Pollard more in the past game. I feel like I say that every week when we talk about the Cowboys, but he's a special player. Like he's a really, really good athlete. He only had one catch last week, albeit they were up they won 43 to 20. So maybe you're not dumping it off to the running back, but getting the ball out of Dak's hand early in this game is going to be crucial. Do not let this Eagles defensive line get to him. Do not let them pin their ears back and get going, get the ball out of your hands. Go let your playmakers be playmakers. I think Jake Ferguson is also going to be really important in this game to attack those Philly linebackers in the middle of the field. I think if there's one place that they're susceptible, it is uh, with those linebackers and and the safeties being a little bit banged up for Philly. And then defensively, getting pressure on Jalen, I think stopping the run is going to be extremely important. Make this offense be one-dimensional with their pass game. I know he's been great over the past few weeks, especially towards A.J. Brown's side of the field, but I do feel like Dallas has the corners to match up with them. Um, So if you can get Philly in third and long situations, stopping the run against Swift um, and make this a Jalen Hurts game, I think you got a shot to win on the road. Very tough place to play, obviously. In Philly, the crowd's going to be going crazy, so – try to get out to an early lead because playing from behind in the link is very tough. Yeah, for sure. 
Let's uh let's go to our fourth game. We got the Sunday night game. Great game here. We got the Bills and the Bengals. Bengals at home are a two and a half point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about this Buffalo team and what they need to do to get a win. Yeah, so I think this game is going to be the opposite of the Baltimore Seattle game. I was saying this is going to be a scoring <laughs> fest. Uh, and for Bal- for Buffalo on offense, I think they you need to just have a heavy heavy dosage of running the ball. Uh, for starters, this Cincinnati defense can't stop the nosebleed. They've been allowing 140 yards on the ground per game. But also, this Cincinnati offense is really, really starting to get going again. Burrow's looking healthy. He's getting his wide receivers all involved. So I think you're going to see a heavy dosage of Swift. All, all three backs, ha- uh, Harris, Lat Murray. I think Josh Allen's going to be going to be running all over the field too. So I think it's going to be a real run-heavy game. And on the flip side... Um, you gotta stop these. Yeah, get in Burrow's face. Pass rush is gonna be key, and you just gotta hope the secondary holds up. Um, I'm curious if Rasul Douglas is gonna suit up. If so, I'm assuming I'm expecting this defense is gonna have to turn into a lot more zone, a lot very zone heavy, and you have to get home with four four rushers, or else this defense isn't really gonna work. They've been getting exposed uh, passing the ball lately, especially in losses. When Mac Jones is thrown for 270-plus on you, you got a real issue in that secondary. So uh, that's got to get cleaned up for sure. I don't know if McDermott's still calling plays or not, but something's got to be done, and you got to make sure Jamar Chase doesn't beat you. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, he hasn't been the same T. Higgins this year, numbers-wise, so Jamar Chase has been the alpha in that room. So maybe for, make, force Joe Burrow to spread the ball around a little bit more, and if you get in his face, maybe a mistake or two will happen. Yeah, this passing offense for the Bengals, I mean, I thought they were dead, honestly, after the first few weeks and Burrow a little bit banged up, but getting healthy and they're starting to play well at the right time. This offense is really starting to get going. Um, I think for them, like you said, this these corners can definitely be attacked for Buffalo. I think you have to go at them early, um, throwing when you see one-on-one, it's got to be a shot to Jamar Chase. It's got to be a shot to T. Higgins. Um, and I think they can get exposed that way. Defensively, going to be really important to to stop Josh Allen. The running quarterbacks have definitely affected the Bengals, especially last week. I mean, Brock Purdy isn't a runner, but Brock Purdy ran for 50 yards last week against them, had some big first downs um, when the game wasn't that close. And you said they, they hadn't been able to stop the run pretty much all season. They did a great job last week. That has to continue. They held Christian McCaffrey to 50 yards just on, on 12 carries. So I think that's going to be big and make this a Brock Purdy game. I mean, if you can do that, you have a shot to win this game. If it's all on Brock Purdy, um, if you can limit the explosive Christian McCaffrey runs that make them a little bit more one-dimensional, um, I think he got a good shot to to win this game. I am not touching this game at all. Two and a half. This can go either way. Yeah, it can go either way. I, I touched it a little bit. I'll, t- I'll talk about it uh, after we touch on this last game, though. Oh, you touched it? Yeah, I touched it. Nice. <laughs> all right. We got the Monday night game. We got the Chargers. Uh, a three-point favorite coming into Jet Life Stadium. Ray, talk to me about this Jets team. I mean, what a – I was about to say disaster. What a roller coaster of a game that was against the Giants, but I a mean, win is a win. That ju- that win just shows integrity as a team that uh, a lot of these <laughs> other teams that we talked about just do- don't have, including the Bills. Uh, <laughs> that being said, this game, you need to run the ball, and you need to run the ball a lot. Uh, Brees Hall needs to get more, than t- more touches than he got last week. They weren't able to move it. 
too much too well on the ground, but with the rain and the boxes being stacked, it's hard to uh, maneuver that. I'm curious how this offensive line, how they're going to, uh, I guess, mix and match just with all the injuries they've experienced. Titman's questionable. If they can get him back, it'll be a real, real upgrade to a, a truly just absolutely de- demolished offensive line. They signed Roger Saffold today. So I think that they may even try to squeeze him in at guard on short notice just because of his experience with uh offensive line coach, Keith Carter. But on offense, I think it's you need to run the ball a lot and give Zach some more easy throws. There was way too much uh, long developing routes and just not no easy reads really, especially in a game that was a monsoon. That can't really happen. I need we need more quick hitters, uh, just screens to Brees Hall in particular because with that guy's ball, when the ball is in that guy's hands, he's just dynamic. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean the defensive. Game plan is the same as always. Get home with four, uh, which they can do and they have been doing all year long, and just limit the, the passing offense of the opposing team. I think I am a little worried about Austin Eckler. He's the type of guy that does do damage against us, especially in the passing game too. So we got to make sure we're on our P's and Q's there. But in particular, our linebackers have been so much better this year than they have been last year. Uh, Quincy Williams against Austin Eckler is going to be a key matchup. He's got to stay stout as he's been playing all year disciplined and just make sure he takes his clean routes and just doesn't over pursue. Uh, and then also just, yeah, make sure you Justin Herbert, you can't let him scramble on the key third downs. Cause that's really where our rushing defense has gotten beat this year is just quarterbacks running wild. And Justin Herbert, though, he's not a runner per se, he's an athlete. So gotta, gotta make sure you contain well and have disciplined rush lanes. And then lastly, these, these boneheaded penalties have to stop. Uh, I don't know if they, they, probably came very close to hundred yards in penalties let, uh, last week. And that can't happen. You can't win games like that. So the personal fouls, the stupid offsides, they have to stop cut, nip those in the bud right now. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of you, what you said for the jets stopping the chargers is what I have for the Chargers attacking them. I think Austin Eckler, like you said, is going to be extremely important. I mean, hasn't really gotten the run game going since he came back, but I mean, he had seven catches for 94 yards last week and a touchdown, so the linebackers, Mosley and Quincy Williams, are going to be in a lot of tough positions. Make them get out in space, even though they are two of the best in space in the league. Um, I think that's really where you can attack this Jets defense. Um, and then the red zone the red zone, and the second half is going to be extremely important for the Chargers. The Jets are so stout in the red zone. I mean, they play a lot of bend-don't-break, especially in the first half. You have to make those red zone trips touchdowns, especially against this Jets team who likes to muck these games up, likes to make it close, cannot be settling for field goals if you're the Chargers. And then second half, Robert Sala and this Jets defense are arguably the best in second half adjustments. We've seen it all year, what they've done to quarterbacks in the second half. Um, you have to have a good game plan for what they're doing. If they're showing you one thing, you got to take something else. Um, and I you also think, Quentin Johnson and Donald Parham, big red zone targets are going to be important. If you can win 50-50 balls against these corners, especially towards Jordan Reed's side, who's a little smaller. Um DJ Reed. It, uh, DJ Reed, excuse me. Um, you gotta go at, you gotta go after him if you ha- if you have those matchups. So curious to see what they do on offense against this Jets defense. And then defensively, honestly, this team's been outstanding stopping the run all season, which is not something I would have predicted at the beginning of the season for the Chargers. Um, They're only allowing 93 yards 
on the ground. So got to stay stout on Brees. He's the game wrecker for the Jets. I mean, they're allowing 320 passing yards a game. So really doesn't set up for the Jets that well. But if you can take away some of the easy throws for Zach Wilson, uh, disguise some blitzes because we see how he uh, takes pressure every week with his banged up offensive line, Bosa and Khalil Mack. Got to get after him. Um, Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. I'm so curious to see what the Jets do defensively against this offense. So you're saying take Zach Wilson passing props, though. That's what I just heard there. Uh yeah, <laughs> I had what, over, uh, dude. You know what? I think I told you I had over two fifty. Uh, I took before. That's insane. I, did, I didn't think it was raining, and then I saw how much it was raining. I'm like, oh shit! But he finished with two forty. And oh. what what sucks is that last play, the pass interference. Um. Oh my god! Why did I keep blank? Was it Malik Davis? Is that who it was? Yeah. He, dude, he won off the line of scrimmage like immediately, but the snap was so horrible. He had to like reach out. I'm just and the ball, the pass was fucking. They were underthrown by like 20 yards. So, but yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. But lose next, most, honestly. Next, no, next week we're hammering Zach 250 plus again. <laughs> you you lose most when it comes to Zach props, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but but what that makes that makes it so much better when you do hit. <laughs> Whatever you say, my man. All right, let's talk some units. Let's get some bets in. How'd you do last week? Uh, I had all five units on the Jets money line. It was never in doubt. Love it. Love it. Um, for Dino, Dino had all five units on Green Bay money line. <laughs> Just keep telling him the Packers are fucking miserable. Please stop betting on the Packers. So he lost all five units. They got their shit kicked in kind of by uh, by Minnesota. For me, I had five straight bets. Four and one, Ray. How you like them apples? Um, Let's go. I had the Jets minus two and a half for one unit. The Jags minus two and a half for one unit. Uh, the Vikings minus one and a half. I had the Seahawks minus three. Uh, my lone loss was the Texans minus three, who actually lost outright to the Carolina Panthers. Good for you, Bryce Young. Needed that win big time. Yeah, Bryce, I mean, they looked good-ish. Yeah, it was, it was 15 to 13 that game. I think something like <laughs> as, that. As good as you can look. Uh, what, do you got, uh, what do you got this week? Uh, so this week I took over 48 and a half in that Buffalo-Cincinnati game. I feel like those games are typically shootouts, so... It, the line seems a little suckerish, but call me a sucker. I'm taking it. I got two and a half units on that. And then my other two and a half units, I put on a teaser looking for a win on a, a rare teaser win. Uh, seven points. So I got Cleveland minus one versus Arizona uh, with Clayton Toon making his first star. I thought that was kind of a no brainer. Uh, Tampa Bay plus nine and a half at Houston. You know, you know how I feel about Tampa Bay. I think they're underrated. I think them getting nearly double digits is uh, pretty safe. Then I took over 37 in Indianapolis at Carolina. I think both these defenses leave a lot to be desired. I think 37 is a very reasonable number. And they rounded out, Jets plus 10 at home against the Chargers. I think they cover. I think they went out right. So that was my two and a half units plus 200. It's two and a half minus 115. Um, tough loss last week, but I do think this offense has enough to cover this. I have the Jets plus three and a half. I bought a point here. I bought a half a point here. Minus 120, one and a half units there. Um, and then I round out with a two-unit tease. I have the command. This is the grossest teaser I may have ever put into uh 
to a, a gambling website. Commanders plus nine and a half at New England. Their offense looked pretty good last week against Philly. Um, and I just don't believe in anything that the Patriots are doing right now. And then I have the Saints minus one and a half against the Bears. Um, Bears struggled. They already ruled out Justin Fields for next week. Um, and the Saints, honestly, their offense kind of got going for the first time all season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But two units there. Uh, what was your first bet again? I, th- I missed it for a second. Oh, it was uh, Colts minus two and a half. Okay, I like that. Let's go. Yeah. All right, my friend, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our week nine NFL preview. Stay with us. Got more college football. Got more NFL. Got some draft stuff. The first mock draft of the season comes out next week. So stay tuned. Get locked in for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com. And stick with us as we continue this 2023-2024 season. Ray, my friend, appreciate you.